This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Hello and welcome to episode 216. My name is Jeff Glucker and I'm your host. Joining me is podcast producer and co-host Chris Hayes. What's going on? Hey, working, building shoutage and stuff. That's all. There you go. And I'm reaching for a beer that has traveled a very long way to be here tonight uh, because we're joined by my guest uh, and friend Joel Strickland from Australia. G'day, mate. <laughs> proper, proper introduction. It had to be done. Uh, too easy. Too easy. We needed Zach on this podcast yeah. so he could really practice his accent. Get his accent down. Um, but exactly. he's, we finally have an Australian for an Australian-themed name. Um, fuck. What did it take? Four years? I know, right? Um, well, you brought me beer, so you're already one of the in the pantheon of guests. You're, you're near the top. And the first one I'm drinking is um, basically like entry-level Australian beer. Correct. It is an entry level. So he's drinking a Victorian bitter, or VB, as it's betterly known. But yeah, it's uh, it is an entry point into our beer beer range. They limit those. Ten year olds are only allowed twelve of those at a given race, right? <laughs> yes. Correct. And you and yeah. you're only allowed to bury a case of that at Bathurst each year. You can't bury more than that. Oh, okay. that's fantastic. Uh, what? Why don't we just run through the other three beers you brought too? Just so, so I also brought are. a uh, the it's VB sister, which is Carlton Draft, um, which is. It's an interesting taste. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on that one. And then, so that's another Victorian beer. And then there's a bit of a crafty beer from, again, from Victoria, my home state, which is called Furphy, uh, which is uh, really quite an interesting but nice drop. And then the last one is a special one from a bit further north called Forex Gold. So 4X is a Queensland brewing company that's based out of Brisbane. Um, and yeah, it's a very... It's a very different beer again out of those. So you've got a really nice selection to choose and from. And it's not, it's not uh, owned by the people who do currency exchange. Is Correct. that Forex? Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Foreign exchange. It's a yeah. really lame <laughs> joke, but I, it was in my head, so I had to say it. Um, but yeah, I'm drinking this one. I'm starting off with the VB, and it's supremely malty. Um, there's not a lot of hoppiness in there. It's very malty. Which it looks like a can of ginger ale from over yeah. here. It does look like a can of ginger ale. But I'm very excited to drink this because I know it is, this is Australia's beer. And the can design has not changed in as long as I can remember. <laughs> right. And, and the, just to cover it real quick, I'm sure plenty of people know this, Foster's is a marketing fluke. It's not actually favored by Australia. No, we don't even drink it. We yeah. we actually, funny, when we went to buy the beers, there was actually on the same shelf, there was Foster's there, actually, surprising, which is the first time I've seen it in a while. But wow. the bottle shop that we, we went to uh, has everything across the board. So um, It was as big a flash in the pan here as Yahoo Sirius's career. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I love that movie, that's, though. That's a, that's a poll. I actually Holy love shit. that movie. Yeah. Uh, I it, really like that movie. Again, not a great example of Australian <laughs> TV or movies, but, yeah, it, it's the same sort of thing. It, it never really did. It was big around. It did very big in sponsorship of Grand Prix back oh. in the day. Um, it was Foster's were a naming right sponsor for, I think, both the cars and the bikes in Australia. But, yeah, no one locally drinks it anymore. What was, uh, what's what's the, the comedian who has his own show now? Um, Jim, Jeffries? Jim Jeffries. Yeah, he, yeah. he was saying, um, <laughs> and your wife's here, so pardon my vulgarity, <laughs> um, but he said when he, when he first came to the country as a teenager, 
um, he got to, again, I'm sorry, uh, finger a lot of women thanks to Paul Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> because the accent was helped him out a lot. Because, yeah. you know. He's like, it doesn't do anything time, anymore. Because <laughs> we're all roughly the same age as Jim right. Jeffries. Because, you know, at that period of time when we were teenagers, Paul Hogan was fucking huge. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yeah. yeah. The um, first two Croc Dundays were good. The third one, not so much. Yeah. I don't even know if I've seen the third one. But, yeah, the first two were good. But. That's not why you're here. What are you, what are you doing over here? I'm here on holidays, oh. having, a, having a break away from, uh, from my part of the world and to celebrate getting old as well in, in some ways. So I, uh, I turn 40 next week, so I've oh, come for gosh. a bit of a, a, bit of a, Poor old a, lo- a, long, uh, a long overdue holiday break, escape, uh, escape the Australian winter at the moment, which is fr- it's been freezing cold and uh, raining. What's your version of freezing cold, though? Uh, I can't do. I'll do. Give it to you in Celsius. So we've had a couple of mornings recently where it's been three or four degrees, um, Ah. and we've barely got into double figures in terms of weather. So you know, ten or eleven, twelve sort of degrees uh, during the day. So um, you know, I'm from Hobart, so I grew up cold. But yeah, yeah, I like. uh, It's all a relative thing, but for people that don't know the conversion, it's about forty, forty-two degrees Fahrenheit. So So, yeah, getting uh, coming over and just to get back and. Spend some time back in the states. Yeah, so. when were you? When were you here last? Uh, two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we worked together on a project, um, and it was a fun shoot. And we'd known each other online before then. Yeah. That was the first time we met in person. Wait, you can talk to people on the internet? <laughs> yes. Apparently. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> I ceased doing that in 1998. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is probably for the better. Um, so, are you doing anything? Car related while you're over here? We're doing a little bit. We're going to try and get to the Peterson. Uh, that is the, the, the plan probably when we come back because um, we're heading north tomorrow to go up to San Fran and that. And we're doing um, – there's a big car show on Saturday. Um, one of the rap companies, uh, Protective Film Solutions, I think is running a massive oh, car show. Yeah. It's going to be all fancy shit then. Yeah, like really high-end yeah. stuff, stuff that we don't even see in Australia. It was so. an interesting car show that was just here because it was Fleet Week right. here. So mm-hmm. you guys just missed 2,000 sailors looking like Cracker Jack boxes walking <laughs> up and down the streets. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, with Fleet Week, they have big celebrations and there's a few car shows. And it's all like period correct 1950s lead sleds wow oh, nice. that's cool yeah. yeah so it's just all these old mexican dudes that have just built right. all these crazy old hot rods over the air where to the point where they're so period correct they're, they're dressed got that the, way they're well they're dressed that way and there's some cholo wish things going sure. on too <laughs> i do live car, in san though. pedro but um <laughs> they had window unit air conditioners on a oh car. yeah those oh, are rad that yeah. is that's good those are sweet. Yeah. You just look at that and you go, "Yeah, that was safe." Yeah. <laughs> so where's the Where's the car show you're going to? Uh, in Anaheim. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I wonder if it's at like Angel Stadium. or no, something. No, no, it's actually at their place. Oh, okay. Where is it? At Protective. I think it's them. It's at their actual shop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I see individual cars wearing their stuff show up to different mm-hmm. car shows. So, and it's always something like. A four eight eight or an Aventador, or you know, mm. so that caliber of car. Well, they're talking multiple Pagani's, Bugattis. Um, that makes sense because there's a, uh, a Pagani showroom now in Newport Beach, yeah. uh, which is insane. Yeah, there's probably three Pagani showrooms in the world. Right, and considering we've got one Pagani in Australia, one Koenigsegg in Australia, or maybe two, um, there's one Bugatti in Oz, uh, and there's one P one. 
uh, in the country. Yeah, we don't see many of them. Because, I mean, if, I don't a, think Ford, if a Ford Mustang GT is like $100,000 in Australia, a Veyron is, it must be well, like $3 like, trillion. When I, had my, uh, when I had my GTO, which you guys, of course, had yep. as the Monaro, um, that was – I bought that for – 25, 26,000 US. And at the point, I remember uh, talking to a couple of Aussies that were like, you know, those are like $85,000 oh. here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and the last one they've just sorry. sold, so the, the W1, the last Walkinshaw one that they've just built, sold for like 140, 150,000. Yeah, so. you guys have lot, I mean, Ford's already been done, and now, mm-hmm. the, now the Holden's wrapping yep. up shop. So too. Toyota finished their last um, Orion recently. Um, and then they finish up Camry and Commodore uh, next month. Yeah. So the last the last couple of ones will, will Is go that, through. The... That's it for the domestic Australian Correct. stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, but I don't think the GM... I think like the Holden teams are just getting kind of consolidated into GM engineering as a whole. I don't think they're getting... like Yes, the assembly lines are going probably dying down, if mm. not going away entirely. But I don't think like the core product people are going on. No, our design studio is still very, very big. So um, one of the main areas that they design a lot of stuff, not just for our market, but overseas as well. Oh, well, okay. and people, I don't know how many people know this, but we have Holden to thank for the fifth gen Camaro. That car was almost entirely engineered by the Australian team. Correct. And there were lots of them on the road and, and, and oh, I saw them around. Yeah. Tons of them here. I mm. know oh, when they, when they first started in Australia, the, when they, the, we saw spy vehicles of them running around. So I actually captured a convertible Camaro, uh, a few years ago in Melbourne and managed to sell the pictures all over the world nice. uh, as a result. So, cause it was one of the first times that had been seen, well, um, was, it was in, was in Melbourne. The horrible irony of that going is that that was a car engineered by there, mm. you know, engineered by Australian engineers and they never produced a right hand drive version yeah. of it. Mm. It was a it slap was, in the face. I know. <laughs> and we had so many of them there and it's an amazing car. And you know, it's interesting that you look at that market Ford have, dominated that market now in Australia with the Mustang. They've sold, you know, close to 10,000 units since... So they are selling well there. Extremely well. Yeah. To the fact that they've done no advertising up until just recently. We're just starting to see TV ads, billboards, mag ads for the Mustang. Yeah. So they had... It was a two-year two, two year wait. Well, I want to get know? back to what you were saying about the photography, though, because yep. uh, for, for people listening, um, that's... That's what you do. You're a photographer. Correct. Um, yep. So you, you're. It's motorsports and general automotive. Correct. Um, yeah. What? Uh, what's what's your main area of expertise? Like what's your or your favorite stuff? To so show? I started my career started working in rallying. So rallying was my first real thing. So I covered the Australian Rallying Championship for six years. Um, absolutely loved doing that. That was just probably the highlight of my career. Was working, traveling around the country. I did. Um, three or four World Rally Championship rounds in Perth when it was still in Perth before it moved across to the East Coast. So rallying was my passion. That's what I kind of lived for for the first part of my career. And then that's progressed now into automotive. So automotive now working around, working with brands and working with um, PR companies and dealerships and stuff like that is my main stuff now that what I'm doing. So I mean, you still shoot a lot, a fair amount of motorsport stuff. Correct. Yeah. Still, there's there's demand for like I've done the 12 hour, the Bathurst 12 hour the last few years, um, and you know I did some stuff this year, a little bit help putting some stuff through the guys from the DFL show, which is yep. sister podcast. They you know produced some stuff to, for them. I did some interview, some interviews around the event, um, which was really cool. Uh, and yes, yeah, so I've done the 12 hour, I've done, um, 
sort of the GT Championship when, when we have rounds there. I've done a little bit of rallycross, which is starting to take off in Australia, which has had a few false starts, but is now you know, really starting to no, do some stuff. it's the best way to watch a rally. Oh, correct. It, it, it's amazing. And the cor- the two courses that I've been to so far, one is a driver training centre up in the middle of, uh, on the outskirts of Canberra, which um, is halfway between Melbourne and Sydney, but in the middle of nowhere, but an amazing facility. You could watch 90% of the track uh, very, very easily and mm. see everything's going on. And then they went to Winton's, and Winton's where they run the V8s and, and other things, and they actually use part of the... the circuit and then had a dirt track cut into oh, the middle. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, there's motorsport there um, and then, yeah, a lot of track day stuff uh, for different clients, um, ride days for race teams um, and then corporate functions for the brands that are running, you know, golf days and, and things like that. So, Very cool. Now, what's, what's out of all the, the events and the tracks you shoot, what's your favourite track or what's your favourite event that you get to shoot? So, Bathurst 12 Hour is, is huge because you know we don't have anything we haven't had anything longer than a six hour event up until the 12 hour came back a few years ago so it's it's a big event it's a it's a massive event to cover normally used to covering a, a race that might only go for an hour so the bathurst is a, is a magic track it and considering it's not even a permanent circuit it's a street uh, it, people live on it you know um 365 days a year and they actually have to build into the events time for them to be able to get out so the 12 hour is obviously hard because they're running for 12 hours but um yeah although Bath- it is in the middle of nowhere so that does help a bit right correct bathurst is uh, out of sydney uh it, it but they there is a tunnel facility built into the track so you can actually the inner guys can get out if they need to um there are back roads all through the center part of the track interesting so there are back roads that you can get into and but, things like that uh, when the race isn't going on you can go drive what correct you, you can you panorama can you can yeah mount panorama so you can t- you can turn up there and drive the circuit you know, they probably don't take much bullshit from people, though. No. It's not like they know people want to come dick around there. Yeah. They're like, no. The police are usually not far away and, yeah. and they patrol it, you know, pretty, pretty heavily. But it's an amazing track to drive until you've actually been there and experienced it. There is the only thing you could probably even imagine, probably to compare it to, is just the corkscrew at Laguna getting to that reaching up to that point and dropping down. Right. When you drop down through the S's and that at Bathurst, it, it's, it's, it's amazing and, and to watch it and it's such a fast tight track yeah. as well yeah. Um, but yeah it's, it's pretty magic but for and a per- the guy this year uh, passing there in one of the small cars it was like a Civic or something yeah. somebody was somebody was one of the produ- passes in there improved production he yeah. was passing yeah amazing to watch but there's some, been some great highlights at that track over the years um, but my favourite track to probably shoot at that I shoot at more than anything else is Phillip Island which is where they run the MotoGP, uh, and then they run um, supercar there, yeah, right? supercars there and GT, and it's used a lot for track days. But, yeah, I shoot there probably, hard to count, but probably maybe 8 to 12 times a year. Mm. So, and it's, and it's out of Melbourne. It's in a really nice part of the world. Phillip Island is about two and a half hours out of Melbourne, down on the coast. It's literally right on the water. Um, it's pretty amazing. You, you can stand at what they call Siberia, was named from when it, the bike days it's that cold you feel like siberia in winter it's it the water just the wind just comes straight off the water from antarctica and you stand there and it's freezing cold but it's a great track to shoot at because you get the water in the ocean and everything in the background so it's extremely picturesque in that in that area so, that's fantastic yeah. and if you go off track you're immediately eaten by sharks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the bottom half of the track yeah so but, uh any any cool vehicles that you've gotten a chance to drive that we'd be very jealous of here in the states 
Yeah, well, I drove a Subaru Levorg um, oh, early, right, earlier there this go. year. There you go. Which I know that you're, you have seen and, and wanted to, to drive. Yep. So I actually was lucky enough, Subaru, um, Oz marketing guys are good friends of mine so they lent me one uh earlier in the year i drove it to the 12 hour at bathurst it's a cool Um, looking car it's a great little great car for as a photographer i love wagons so for me it's a wrx wagon yeah yeah Yeah. but it's only available as a cvt so there's no manual unfortunately which it would be nice but the cvt wasn't bad i was actually subaru cvt is one of the better cvts of all Mm. the cvts so and it's it's not bad they've just updated it and given it a uh a the model range has had a bit of an increase and there's some more alternatives in the range now, which is quite nice. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I got to drive the last um, Falcon that they built, the was Sprint. Was it an or... No, oh, okay. so, so FPB had yeah. finished production and was gobbled up into Ford, but they made a... They used some of the development they'd used with the superchargers and engines that were that was in the Sprint. Uh, it was supercharged. and So this was the V8. This wasn't the straight six. No, that was the V8 version. They did two Sprints. They did a... They did a um, uh, they did the, the the six, and then they also did the eight. But this eight, it was I. They spent a lot of money on the suspension and everything in development, and it was the most planted, real drive Falcon I've ever driven. It was amazing, and it was well, a gr- those cars. I mean, I haven't spent any time in Falcon, but I mean, mm. I had, you know, we've had the SS here, and of course, I had mm. my GTO. There's just those the Aussie cars are just long wheelbase. They drive. I liken them a bit to a Mercedes. Yeah. And that they're just unflappable, and you just, they've got all the confidence in the world doing triple digits, no yeah. problem. Yeah. And this thing, I took it up into some twisty hills just on the outskirts of Melbourne, and it was fantastic. I couldn't, couldn't get over how good it was. And that was amazing. Now, speaking of the Falcon, how has the, the Falcon XB GT become rare at all? Yeah, they're, they're still, they're, they're, them in general are, look, there's a lot of them still a lot of them out there but speaking to guys now about the values of them they are on the rise yeah like massive there's been a couple of auctions recently and they've gone into triple digits um oh, selling uh they are they're a big they're a big seller at the moment so australian muscle cars are having a resurgence at the moment so there was a couple of auctions in sydney that i went to last week and they were um some big numbers being being pulled so so my dreams of my mad max car are fading fast trying to find one that that's going to be cheap yeah it's it's really hard and they are i've just finished a project that i'm working on with the guys from victoria which is the ford um coupe club they've got their hard top nationals at bathurst in november um and we're building a calendar for them so i've just finished shooting uh i've just finished actually editing them all up so i'm putting the calendar together but 12 different versions of that X, between XA and XC wow. um, cars, so including some rare ones that, you know, there was the Cobra, which is the traditional um, white with blue stripes, and then a, a John Goss Special, which is um, uh, which is a pretty magic-looking car. So they only did sort of two colour versions of those, and they're a rare thing. But this year celebrates the 40th anniversary of the one, two famous um, f- uh, Falcon win at Bathurst. Oh wow! So they've actually um, they had the, they did the launch for Bathurst recently in in Sydney in front of the Opera House and uh, on the harbour and they had one of the original winning cars there. But then Tickford, um, who are a tuning company attached to um, Ford Performance Racing mm-hmm. uh, or ProDrive Australia, sorry, uh, and their team they've built a tribute car as a Mustang 
to it oh, as that's, well. That's cool. Yeah, so they had the two of them there. So they had the original hardtop, and then they had the Mustang. See, it's cool in that in that respect because if if we saw you know a tribute Mustang something here, it'd be like, all right, enough enough of these. Yeah. Yeah. They just did one. Uh, they just do all kinds of like weird ones. They just did a Raptor inspired by the F twenty two. You're like, okay. Which has traditionally yeah. been a Mustang-inspired car for the last however many years, and right. now they've switched to a Raptor, which is yeah. a weird choice. It, it is weird. I, I, what I'd like to see, though, is, and I, I love the engine, is the straight six from the XR6 turbos. Mm. I want one of those engines. Keep talking about that, because I'm yeah. going to grab another beer. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to take one of those engines, yep. because as I understand it, they're relatively cheap in the second-hand yeah. market. Oh, there'd be so many of them out there, because you know, guys that buy those cars, they... They have them, and then a lot of them get written off and stuff like that. So they'd probably be, you know, wrecking yards or auction houses that would have a heap of them. And I know guys have bought that. So guys that have built different projects and stuff like that have bought those engines. So there was a there's a Cobra replica in Australia that's called a DBR, and it's built as a fiberglass shell, but all the running gear and interior is out of a Falcon. Okay. So they, you know, guys buy wrecked cars that they. And which Cobra are we talking about? Are we talking about Mustang Cobra or actual, like, AC Cobra? AC Cobra okay. replica, but a, a later the version. Falcon Go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And but one of those, I want to see one of those engines put into the rule here in California. If it's 1975 or older, yeah. no emissions rules whatsoever. Okay. So we can transplant that into any of these older Fords yeah. here. And I think that would be the coolest swap because you see modern engines, modern American V8s put into all manner of old cars yeah. here. Well, weren't you can trying to convince me to go straight six in my truck for a while? I think you did. Yeah. You wanted me, you're like, turbo yeah, yeah, yeah. go to Crawford Performance, yeah. get all this stuff. And like, if, if the truck started that way, I would go that way. But if it has a V8, I'm not downsizing. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. That straight six is better than their V8. Uh, not, it doesn't and, have the same noise. And you find one pretty cheap in parts, probably wouldn't be an issue as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Shipping. Shipping. Shipping's a big thing. Yeah. tough. <laughs> um, but, yeah, okay, po- so I'm, I'm moving on to your, your furfy. It's like it's like a drunk Irishman moved to Australia. Which and I might. It's like furfy. Like okay, well let's make a beer after you. Uh, but so this is more craft beer. No, it's not a true craft like you have here. But it's 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 a mainstream. I use craft as an example just to explain okay. it. But yeah, it's a. I would maybe like a really Samuel light. Adams type thing to where it's not crafty, um, but it started that mm, way. It's, maybe. it's it's all still malty, still very malty, but it says it's an ale. Um, it's only 4.4%, which is surprising, but that's, it's funny while they put for the, uh, nutrition information, like it's not just ABV and, mm-hmm. and beer related stuff. It's, it's like protein, fat, total carbohydrate sugars. I've never seen that. I don't welcome, think we do that on our beer. Welcome to Australia. I know, but I mean, you would, I'm surprised we don't, uh, that we don't have that on it's, our beer. It's because it's kind of implied with alcohol. It's just yeah. al- alcohol. It's like you're, you're drinking. drinking poison. Yeah. We're drinking. Yeah. Just fucking drink. You're yeah. drinking poison. That's yeah. interesting. You know what you're standard getting. Standard drinks, 1.3. What does that mean? That's how many standard drinks it is in, a, in that can. So effectively, to drive a car legally, you can't... 1.3 re- of these? No, you, you probably should only have... It's effectively borderline two standard drinks. So if you're drinking one of those, you're okay. But if you drink two, you're probably over the limit. Very interesting. Mm. And we're very strong about that in Australia. So Yeah, um... <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite bits, uh, back to Jim Jeffries, actually, yeah. is when he gets into gun control um, about how, uh, you know, in Australia, you had your horrible incident, and they're like, 
now more guns. And it was like, all right, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> and then here, it's like, uh, like we just murdered a bunch of, and I, I'm not trying to laugh at Sandy Hook, but you know, we murdered a bunch of children. And people are like, don't touch my fucking guns. Um, yeah. So now we're going to get angry emails, but you know what? I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of over the caring. Uh, um, yeah. I'm just going to go drive my rugged Ridge Jeep into the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. All the places that once were known for their lax drinking laws are suddenly very firm on the matter. Yeah. Um, I mean, the funny thing is as well as our drinking age is 18. So, yeah. Which it know. should be. Yeah. I feel like if you can serve in the military, you should be able to have a beer and vote as well. Yeah. Vote too. Mm. Right. Yeah, um, but I, you know, whatever. Well, and you can vote here when you're 18, but you can't mm. buy you can't buy alcohol. No, right? not until you're 21. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a which weird is the thing. biggest joke ever because if you're in the military, military guys go drinking all the time when they're 18. <laughs> exactly. Or yeah. if you're in college, college kids drink when they're 18 all day yeah. long. You're not stopping anybody. No, right. It doesn't really work. Um, speaking of drinking, I said I wanted to bring this up, uh, yeah. um, and this isn't like an ad or anything, but I get these random PR emails from. Uh, I'm on some list that says I'm an alcohol journalist too, which I'm not. Are you I'm sure not... you're on a list that just doesn't say you're an alcoholic? <laughs> no, there's, I forget what the, the thing is. Um, shit, I can't. There's this Cision. Cision is a company that makes data on journalists for PR companies and marketers, and they. The, I need to update my data because it's. It says like I write about alcohol. I don't. I've done some things related to alcohol, but I'm not an alcohol journalist because. That dream hasn't happened you're, yet. Dude, you're um, closing doors for yourself. What are you yeah. doing here? Uh, but I get all these PR pitches like, hey, did you know it's it's national whatever week? We have you tried the latest margarita mix? And like so like it's a bunch of like really dumb shit. Um, <laughs> but this thing came to me and said uh, it prevents hangovers. I'm like, I'll take a sample of that. <laughs> and it, it's literally called Never Too Hungover, and the company's based in Vegas. Uh, and so I got a sample of it and I actually tried it the other night. And I didn't – I wasn't like staying up just getting shit-faced while my, my wife's going to bed. All right, see you later. I'm going to have two bottles of wine after we just had some. Mm-hmm. Um, but you reach a certain age where the next morning, even if you didn't drink that much, you could have a headache. You know, mm-hmm. it's just – fuck, I, I maybe could have not had two of those drinks and backed it off. And last night, our neighbors came over. We had some drinks. So it was a level where I could have woken up. With a mild headache and, and like, all right, I got to get up. Blah, blah, blah. And I was fine. So maybe it this I, I need to th- – there needs more testing. <laughs> but I'm intrigued by the results so far. Well, it's, it's a fine Vegas quality product. It's made from stripper tears and poker chips. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious how much it costs though because this was a sample. I didn't pay for it and this could change. Well, if there's a town that has a vested interest in conquering the hangover. Right. It's, it's Vegas. It's Vegas. A six-pack is 24 bucks, which seems like kind of a lot. $24 for six. Yeah, but that's six days effectively, right? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But the, the free ones are good. Um, so, but we're moving on to questions. Questions. Moving on to questions. Okay. Um, so, Patreon goes first, mm-hmm. as Joel knows. Uh, thank you, sir. Because uh, they're better than everybody else. So, Ryan Kelly asks, um, and Ryan, I saw a picture he posted on Instagram. He <laughs> has a, a golf, the all track on some, I think they were method race wheels, they, but they were some kind of cool off roady wheel. Method man race wheels. So now. golf, no, method makes great uh, off road wheels. I know, um, I know they do, but. So the golf all track on off road looking wheels and like knobby tires, it looks fucking great. That would be cool. Yeah. So he says, currently on our trek out to the Integra Type R Expo at Road America. What was one of the fun road trip caravans you guys have been on? One of the fun road trip caravans. I haven't done a caravan, but I. I my, the Datsun 240Z drive was pretty great. Um, 
I would say the last really... I mean, we'd have our canyon days where we'd be out for several hours. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that would really count, though, because you're not really kind of... You know, yeah, there's not a destination. Yeah. I think the last one that I could really say that was like a destination where I did that with somebody else was when I went to SEMA with Jason Connor, like... Oh, yeah. Weeks, like... Was that few months fist after fist I, first Faust? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and well, I think he posted we up... We pour one out for that one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have Jason let, let him talk he about He posted that. about it, though. Oh, he did. He... he he, it, the info's public. Okay. The, the Jason's focus is dead. Yeah, his mountain focus is gone. Yeah. And he's I already know it. what he replaced it with. Yeah, I do too. I talked okay. to him yesterday. I'm not, I'll leave that alone. Uh, but. Yeah, he's got a lot of things going on right now. We're just going to stop there. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so now we're down to one mountain uh, car amongst all of our friends here. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was. I think that was the last one is when I had just, shortly after I got the Fiesta and we did we did SEMA with it. And I immediately got paint chips in my brand new car. Oh, oh. <laughs> nice. Uh, any good road trips, caravans? Yeah, the last sort of one that I did was um, Melbourne to the Gold Coast um, in a Mustang GT. So just after they were... Well, really, that was an expensive drive now, wasn't it? Uh, it wasn't too bad. We averaged about eight litres per 100 k's, so, which, was, which was pretty good, which what's is probably it, the best. What's, uh, what are you paying for a litre now? Uh, it's about a dollar twenty to dollar forty fifty because it takes premium. Okay, so, so you're about hard. six dollars a gallon then, mm. six USD I should say. So, but that was we did that in two days. So we did one day up, uh, half day halfway up, and one day, and then the next. But that was for the Mustang Nationals. So, oh, that's um, cool. So that was quite good because the car was actually brand new. So everywhere you stopped, people were getting out. And you got asking, all the attention. Yeah. Everyone asking yeah. about the car, but everything was positive, and everyone was just wanting to know what it was like to drive. So that was good. That was a good good road trip, but it was a, a long couple of days. Hmm. Nice, uh, Dan Mosqueda. Question one: It just says shout out to Raf. I don't I don't know if he means Raphael or Love. I don't know what he means. I'm um, gonna just go with the Ninja Turtle. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, Dan. I don't get that one. Number two: Are Audi RS3 or BMW M2? Um, I love 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 the RS3. And everybody knows I hate, hate, hate BMW stuff. But the M2 But I prefer rear-wheel drive to all-wheel drive. But the RS3 is really good and probably faster. There's an interesting wrinkle in this now. And it's interesting in the fact that Dynan and uh, APR APR are now owned by the same company. Right. Uh, And I was going to say, depends on if they're modified or not. Because that APR work on that. But then that... I feel like you have to say, unless they reference that, I feel like you have to stay stock. But you can bring it to the, le- you can bring to the equation that if you were going to buy it. Well, yeah, that's, there's a good point, too. You know, I, I, I highly doubt that any of these guys, like, anything they like that's more than just like the regular daily, leave it alone where it's yeah. stock. Mm. Yeah. Um, that and you're really doing those cars a disservice if you, if you leave them completely stock. You're not going to so go wrong with either one, though. That's the thing. Like, you're not going to go wrong. If so, if They're you buy an M2, good. you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. If you buy an RS3, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I, I like feel the, like the, the RS3 is a little, little bit more sleeper. sleeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's it's not weird. As, not as that, we just did yeah, that. Yeah, we hit the same thing. Because <laughs> we usually don't agree mm-hmm. on perfectly, and we just said that exactly. Yeah, we've got similar tastes, but we're not all yeah, spot no, on. Right. Uh, but the RS3, especially with that, the APR stuff that they do on those five cylinders, it is fucking magic. And I like the idea of having a funky engine. Like like a an inline five, 
Yeah, is and the, no- the noise is spectacular. It is. I, yeah. I actually get the TTRS I find tomorrow. No joy in the BMW engine noises for the straight sixes. No. Yeah. I, I find them they used to be boring. Good. Yeah, I didn't even find the old ones that interesting. Uh, you know, like an E30 M3 at, at song is is pretty good. That's an yeah, they sound good. Yeah, but, that, but an E30 four cylinder, but not the six cylinder, not a 36. Yeah, you know, or a 46. But even oh, just yeah, starting and idling, the RS3 is just amazing. It is. It's surprisingly yeah. good. Um, that said, the M2, the Dynan M2 I had was a lot of fun. Well, the Dynan M2 is incredible. Well, and that's what I'm. That's right. what I'm putting them so, up against. So right, an APR an RS3, APR and a Dynan, right. I, you're pretty. Because my friend with an S3 already did some APR stuff, and I think he said it was a, like already a huge jump. Yeah, I think he did the stuff to it. Yeah, um, Kevin Strange, Hooniverse hypothetical. Hold on, I gotta this. All this malty beer is making me like real gassy. Um, yeah, um, feeling a little bloated. Jeff. You're approached by a large beverage consortium to make a line of Hooniverse branded beer and liquors. What characteristics would the inaugural beer and liquor have, and what characteristics would you walk would make you walk away from the deal if the other side insisted on them? Very odd, but intriguing. You know what? Question. My number one feature: profit sharing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, what characteristics would the um, Hmm. I mean, smoky flavor. D- d- no, no. I think I don't want to just go like generic IPA, but you know, that's those are popular right now. I, I want to pick some like obscure beer style. I just think if it has because we're be, like a very niche if website. It, if it's got to be based around Hooniverse, it has to be slightly obscure. But well known enough that everybody's heard it once or twice, right? And the seal around the cap leaks a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, and then, um, oh yeah, I, I've heard of that. I think, yeah. You guys make the Ken Block videos, right? Nope. <laughs> no, we'd have a lot of money them. if we did that. Yeah, <laughs> we predate them. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I, that's a. I would need a lot more time to think about that question kevin but i do like that kevin that question i do like that kevin too uh bobby reed that kevin is fantastic i'm getting a new ford f-150 with trailer backup assist because i have a horse race car and trailers for each i can't back those trailers up without assist to save my life i'd prefer to not drive the truck to work every day i would like to get a dedicated commuter for my drive which is 15 miles and takes about an hour I have six enthusiast cars. Bobby, we need to hang out. I have six <laughs> enthusiast cars plus the race car so the commuter could be more for my comfort and its ability to navigate city traffic rather than sportiness. That said, I was looking at the early 2000s Lexus IS300. Thoughts on this or suggestions for other models to consider? I prefer rear or all-wheel drive. My budget is 10K. Uh, I have been looking at a lot of that stuff lately. Um, let's see. I mean, the IS300 is is good. It'll be comfortable. It'll be comfortable. And that, I mean, it seems like he would like, he says he wants, he cares more about comfort. This is a commuter. He has I, I enough fun cars. If you're going to do that, I think you're better off looking at a GS than an IS. But 10K? I mean, I guess you can. Yeah, yeah for, that, for that era, absolutely, you can do that. But you could probably or, get a better IS at 10K than you could GS. Um, no, just because there's a lot more GSs on the market than there are ISs. They're like right now, used GSFs are cheaper than I uh, not GSFs, but GSF Sports okay. are cheaper than ISF Sports. Hmm. Just because there's the demand of the IS is higher. Interesting. Uh, even though it's technically a lower rung car, the other one you you might want to look at, and, and I probably sound like a broken record because I said this a million times: Hyundai Genesis. The sedan is. Fucking fantastic! I don't know if, uh, if you can find it that low though. Can you oh find yeah, it for I've 10K? seen them for ten, twelve thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. If you if 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 Chris is right on that and he's seen them, then I, yeah, that'd be a great like I don't care commuter comfort car. Yeah, and I think the reliability you're going to be about even on those. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the Genesis. So I've seen them on Craigslist here for ten twelve thousand dollars. Though also at the same time, like I know you don't want to navigate through the city and everything, but like a brand new Ford is really nice inside. So there's that too. Um, yeah. Those new F one fifties are nice, depending on how well equipped it is. I mean, the top trim ones are luxury vehicles. So, uh, but I, I'm, I'm not assuming that you got that. You probably went somewhere in the middle. Who knows? Yeah, they are. I, I don't understand why you'd buy that as a luxury vehicle when you because you live in Texas. That, I mean, it's a status symbol yeah, thing but, in uh, Texas. Retardation is not a fucking pro- is not a the eighty thousand dollars Super Duty I towed my truck with to San Francisco and back. That I, it was like. It was luxury. Okay. If I needed a big truck, buy the diesel with no options because you're not going to drive that every day. And then go buy yourself some a used Lexus or something to drive the rest of the mm, time. Yeah. Because it's better than driving a truck all the time. Depends how far he's pulling. I know. In Texas, too, it's all straights. It's wide open. I get why they, they do what they do there. I, 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 I mean, get I get it. what the appeal of the truck is a dick measuring contest. It's mm-hmm. statewide. But at the same time, it's the least practical vehicle for the state. But they it's Texas. Lo- they do long highway drives all the time. But it's Texas. <laughs> I don't care. It's, a quarter of it's underwater right now, and that's fine. Oh. <laughs> Stephen Hines, why do us Europeans? What do us Europeans get that you? Uh, I'm apparently the Furfy's getting to be. What do us Europeans get that you don't think would sell? I'm not talking about the high end stuff more day to day. What do us Europeans get that you don't that you think would sell? Citroens and Peugeots. So, uh, yeah, so they get they, a lot of. And they Vauxhall. have a bad French cars have a bad history in this country, though. Yeah, a lot of people you have to hate really them. want them. <laughs> yeah, um, I did say an Alfa Romeo Juliet before, which is that's uh, not going to last very long. Um, uh, everything I hear about those cars is that they're every Alfa they drive is, great and then it breaks. They drive great and then, like it's living up to its heritage. Drives oh, great, breaks. Drives great, breaks. It's not it, bad. It, it drives well. I drove a Julia recently and it was not a bad. Quite a nice car, so for what it is, but great chassis, but mm. hampered with alpha reliability. Yeah, well, it's, well, it's they, a bit early to tell in these days, so. but yeah, you, if, oh if no, no, no. they're like I know people that have bought them. And What's that? That hatch regretting. that's pretty cool. The DS like three Citro- or Citroen DS three. Yeah, that yeah, thing seems cool. A cool car. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a nice little golf competitor, like, maybe. You right? know, or the Renault Megans. I've seen one of those in the states before. It came up from Mexico. uh, Seat's done some cool hot hatches and stuff too. Yeah, I Um, mean you're cannibalizing some Volkswagen stuff at that point. I think. Yeah, but they come in at a lower price range. Where Volkswagen's almost premium-ish. It'd be cool if they brought Skoda over just for the wagons. Like, you want some wagons? Take Skoda. Skoda's big back home and so is Renault. Renault have done a bit of a push the Megans and stuff like that and then Citroen is, is big. We get all those brands but Citroen and Peugeot have just changed mm. distributor in Australia so that should be interesting to watch. Also it'd be great if we could get the fucking Ford Ranger back here. Uh, <laughs> well we, we are going to get it. Know, getting it are, but it won't be are. anything like ours. So. Right. Um, well that'll probably go global too just like the It'll Mustang. probably mm. go global. Um, but that was it for Patreon. I am jumping over to Twitter to scroll down. It would be see. good. I didn't think there um, were a lot of Twitter questions this time. Well, Europe, it was funny. There Europe was, gets all the hat gets all the uh, wagons. We don't get. Yeah, exactly. Like all the uh, yeah, most of the European cars that they do as wagons that we don't that we don't even get in Australia. We don't even get some of those. But it was interesting talking about the Ranger. It was interesting to see some spy. You're a little off, Mike. Just so yeah, off the um, the Bronco test vehicle they're using as an Everest, which is what we get as a full oh, yeah. drive in Australia. Yeah, right. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, 
Brandon Maxwell at BMAX3242. If the 25-year import rule didn't exist, what would you import for under 30K? I'd finally get my janky British field-worked Defender. Okay. They exist over there, tons of them for under 30K. I can't say as though there's anything that's, like, under, that's not, like, super expensive that I'm dying to right. get out of, out of another market. Right. Because um, anything maybe, I want would be over 30K. Maybe an R34. Those maybe. are way over 30K. Yeah, you said way, way over. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but I'm talking, like, most anything, like, sub 200K is not. Because we get a lot of the cool well, stuff. Well, I now. want an RS6. We can't get that. But that's. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, there was one in the country, and it belonged to Paul, but not anymore. Well, there, there was a, um, there was another. There was an RS6 wagon uh, that was owned by one of the heads at Audi in mm-hmm. Virginia as well. Um, Manufacturer plates. Yeah. They yeah. help. Matt Carhart at Long DX Commuter. What do you think of the future of tuning? What do you think the future of tuning will go as more vehicles go electric hybrid? I've been saying it. I think it's going to be fascinating when um, the computer-minded generation gets into hot rodding because they're going to be doing it through computer software, and it's going to be very interesting. Well, we're already doing it through software. It's only going to get crazier, though. Yeah. Uh, you'll get people that'll do, you know, rather than people doing engine builds, they'll do, like, custom windings on motors. and They'll do, they'll do you know. c- custom steering tuning uh, and crazy shit yeah. like that. Yeah, you'll be able to do that. and then But you'll also do things like, you know, most packs now, everything's powered by lithium-ion or lithium-ion phosphate stuff. And you'll get some people that'll go, well, fuck it. Let's throw some supercapacitors in there and see how much power we can crank into it once. Right. Because a battery can only – you can sip power off of it versus a capacitor. You can dump all your power at once. In one hit. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think you'll see some cool stuff like that. Uh, other Patrick at the Swagger. Is the new Civic Si the best all-arounder at 25K? I can't think of anything better for that money that does as much as well. Personally, I – like the because uh, the Focus ST is right there, right? Yeah, Focus ST is there, and I'm only suggesting that one for even more space, you know, for the money. Yeah, um, the Civic Si is good, um, but it didn't like blow me. It was good. It didn't blow it's me. It's competent. Away. It's not like it's good. Yeah, it's it's got some you real real difficult competition. These I days. drove a Civic Sport though the other day. Um, and it was, fuck, it was like 21, 22, like right there. Yeah. And it was pretty fun. It was, uh, like, it you know, n- not as powerful as an SI, obviously. Pretty bare bones inside, but it had everything you need because it, it didn't have nav, but it had CarPlay. I think it had CarPlay, so then you essentially have Yeah, I believe have all the new and, Hondas have CarPlay, um, yeah. I was really impressed with that on the bottom end of, of $20,000. So, but I, I think I'd go Focus ST over Civic SI. Um, yeah, probably. I, I would. It, it's going to be a more engaging car. Yeah, the chassis yeah. is going to be better. Yeah, uh, but I will say that the, the the Honda will probably be more reliable. Yeah. Uh, Ben Rose at Ben Rose. How would the automotive industry be different these days if the Axis powers won World War Two? That's a tough question. Well, we'd all be well, driving just, silver cars. Yeah. yeah. Dieselgate wouldn't have been an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Interiors would be designed by Hugo Boss. Yeah. Uh, we Let's see. We'd have synthetic fuel. Uh, I mean, the access powers kind of 
did win the luxury car wars. It didn't yeah. really matter. Like uh, once yeah. they were back up and running, I, I own two Mercedes, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jewish. Um, so what does that tell you? <laughs> I mean, I'm not really Jewish, but ish heavy yeah. on the ish. I'm not really anything. Um, uh. I, uh, so, and my wife drives a Japanese car. Yeah. I've owned a Japanese car. I also own an old American car. So I mean, it, well, the only the only time that a non-access power has gotten good in luxury is Cadillac in the last maybe seven or eight years. Maybe our maybe our automakers would have had to innovate and to rescue themselves after the war, and maybe we would be the luxury lead. like maybe America would be the the leader. You know, who knows? Yeah. Well, maybe the and, opposite would be true. And people also aren't following the thing is that a lot of the cars that they sell here are luxury versions whereas you go to germany and you can get in an e-class cab that is cloth seats yeah. and stripped out yeah right. exactly you know we only get the fancy versions because that's where the profits are right mm. Um, Gregosaurus at the real Greg nine super salad. The answer is chowder. Colin Woodward at CB Woodward. How bad an idea is it for me to buy an R one Oh seven as my first classic car. That's the, um, that's an SL Mercedes. I think. Okay. Like 90% sure. I just want to see which one it is. Um, R one Oh seven. Yeah. That's, um, the, um, Oh, that's a, that's a like nice choice. Just after Pagoda era SL. Okay. Yeah. It's fine there. I mean, yeah, you'll be fine. If you can afford it, um, some parts will be super expensive and then other things won't be as bad as you think. But that's of the era where it's it's pretty fine. It's not like you're dealing with um, like a cranky old 65 Ford pickup. Yeah. Um, I think you'll be fine. And I, I assume, Colin, I don't know if you are turning wrenches on this yourself, then an R107 would be a weird choice. Um, but otherwise, if you're just doing basic maintenance and then you have a shop in mind, and I, I know a, a shop, so hit me up if you need the answer there. Um, yeah, you'll be fine with that. That's a good California cruiser. As long as you've got a good mechanic, I think, that can right. look after it for you that you can talk to. I think that's, yep. that's the crucial thing. That is the crucial yeah, thing. Yeah, I just I, – Mercedes up until, you know, about the 19 the, – the midway through the 1980s, I think you're okay with. Hmm. And then they start getting electrical gremlins. Yeah. And problems start happening. Um, let's see. Okay. That was that actually it for I'm hopping over to Facebook. Let me just refresh it to see that we're there. Um, all right. Greg Pallett, you're the automotive consultant on the next teenage coming of age movie. I love our questions. <laughs> what cars do you choose for the jock, the nerd, the pretty girl, and the misfit? See, that's a great, great question. Um, because the jock is always uh, like the rich kid. Too. It's always got to be a muscle car, yeah. really. Well, these days it could be. I mean, he'd probably have like an Uricon or something fucking. Re- you <laughs> no, know, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe maybe like a one generation old M5 or something that was his dad's. That mm. that'd be if it was in Middle America and he was a rich yeah. kid. Uh, on the coast, though, he would have something like flashy. He'd yeah. have something new. Yeah, and I don't know; it, it wouldn't need to be an Uric. Oh. but I'm thinking like Raptor. Raptor's a good. That also works all around the country because, like, the rich kid in the middle mm-hmm. America would get a Raptor. The rich kid out here might have a Raptor as a surf vehicle. Or mm-hmm. they usually like to give them trucks too. Yeah, yeah. The nerd is going to drive something like kind of shitty. It's going to be all. It's going to be old, probably. So you're talking. 
Give him a Mitsubishi Mirage. <laughs> uh, that or he'll just be driving something boring like a Civic or a, or a, or a Prius. I, I'd actually, because we're car people, it, I'm going to give him Prius. something that people will think is shitty, but enthusiasts will be like, you know what? That's kind of cool. I'm going to give him a Cressida. If you want to go that way, he's driving a Fiesta. Yeah, people but, think yeah. it but that's sucks, like no, but, but that's like too good. new. That like looks like a new. He can't have something uh, that looks new. Okay, first gen GTI. That's see, still... I see. See, a first gen GTI is fucking awesome. Yeah, but mm. most people look at that and they're like, eh, it's a shield. Yeah, see, Cressida though is square. It's square and it looks like shit, but there's some coolness to it. Uh, the pretty girl. Accurate she drives like a, a no a GLA forty five AMG. <laughs> uh, that's too shouty. I, a yeah. GLA probably probably not a forty five. Okay, not well, a forty. So you take the wings off. Yes. Is it going to be a convertible? No, it could be because she's Ooh, the pretty girl. Mini convertible. Mini convertible. Yes, exactly. Mini convertible. And yeah. then the misfit. We always got to go back to muscle car for the misfit. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, got to be. 60s. Yeah, I think something old. Yeah, something like a Nova, or like a beat to shit. After seeing our good friends, regular cars, video, posting in a video today, Mercury Marauder. Marauder, yeah, high school kid. That's the misfit. Marauder works because it's yeah. cheap. He's wrenched on a bunch himself. of your friends. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll go with Marauder. Um, Julian Schur, 2013 Accord V6 manual with two crunchy synchros out of warranty. Trade it in or fix it. Two to three thousand to fix, which feels high to me. That, yeah, that's high. Or fifteen to eighteen thousand dollar trade in value. I mean, fifteen to eighteen grand trade in might dump it. Eighteen grand trade. What year is it? Twenty thirteen. I get a Cord V six manual though, because that car literally just became a unicorn. Yeah. Because they're not doing V six Accord anymore. I mean, that's a really high repair bill for that. I'd see if you can find somebody else to do that because. I, I, I've looked. I, this is what a psychopath I was. I was looking at adding the sixth gear into my element because it's the same transmission as the Acuras. They just leave the sixth gear off. Yeah. So you can add it in. Yeah, you can add yeah. it in. You just have to be willing to take the transmission apart, which sounds worse than it mm-hmm. really is. And it was like $100 worth of parts. Wow. Um, so maybe shop it around. Fifteen to eighteen grand is pretty good trade in value. It's a good trade. I guess the question really comes if down that, to if that if the if the repair if that's the price because it's like something weird specific to that car and that's the price, I start shopping. Yeah, it could be something <laughs> like that. Uh, but otherwise, I'd shop around that repair. Yeah. Or are you just looking for an excuse to get something new, which is fine. Which totally fine. Um, uh, take the trade and run with it. Right. If you can get an eighteen thousand dollar trade on that. And you're not losing your shirt? Right. I can do it. Uh, James McGuire, commuting with your Lemons race car, good idea. Normally, I would say yes, but I hate driving cars on the street with roll cages. I do not like being unhelmeted in roll cage equipment. Yeah, cars. people really don't. You're going to die. Yeah, you can get really hurt. If you get bumped, like a minor fender bender, and your head smacks that roll bar, you're, you're fucked. Um, so I love your enthusiasm. And I love seeing that shit on the road, but, but I hate. Yeah, I don't like driving. I, I'm, you know, one of the things I've been wondering cages. about is why haven't carbon roll cages started to become a thing yet? Because you could do them so low profile and build them into the contours of the interior. Mm. You know, so that you could actually get away with stuff like that versus having a steel one in there. I don't, well, I mean, a lemons car wouldn't. But <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, like even in like exotics and stuff like that, like a GT3. 
or GT3 RS, you can totally justify putting something like that in yeah. there. If you're dialing it today. You know, and I'm sure Porsche would love for an excuse to charge another $35,000 for the car. Um, this next question I don't fully understand. David Gordon, what do you think of DCE's harness? Harnesses. Are these... Uh, is it like a racing harness or is it, it oh maybe it's it might be wiring harness um no well, I think that else. tells you what we think of it yeah we don't know what <laughs> it is which understand. we could be really stupid here and we apologize so uh follow up and tell us how dumb we are by not knowing what DC's yeah, harnesses are post, DC post a link right uh yeah um future reference for questions post a link to so <laughs> so we're dumb said awesome I like this next question. Brian Pocock, if you could have a singer-style version of any car, what would it be? You're going to say, like, F-Body. No, 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 no. Uh, I really, really want to do a high-end build on a 65 Riv. Yeah, oh, that would be – that's a really good answer. Um, that's a really good if, answer. But if you're going to go little sports car, I don't think that – It any, doesn't have to be little sports car. But – just playing, you know, a little yeah. game here of like, I wish somebody would do a singer type build on a C1 or a C2 Corvette. That's also a very, very good yeah. answer. But I really want to do, I really want to do a Riv build at some point, and I want to do a crazy Grand National motor in it rather than Ooh, anything yeah. else. Right. I would personally do a uh, um, 240Z Datsun. That could be. You could do some really crazy too. shit with it. Uh, anything. Yeah, definitely Valiant Charger. Okay. Yeah, an Aussie, nice. Aussie muscle car. The only reason it sort of comes directly to mind is I've just come from catching up with my cousin, and he had one that was his father's for a long period of time. It was a very early one, and the Chargers are starting to make a bit of a resurgence back home. And, yeah, that would a Singer version of that would be oh, I mean, a Singer, awesome. if you told me, someone's like, I want to do a Singer version of a Corolla, I'd be like, I'm into it. Let's, let's see what this turns I, out to the, be. The you answer know? to that is, is that if you've got a bunch of money – and you, can you know how to get a hold of it. Jonathan Ward. He'll do <laughs> yeah. just as nice a job as Singer. Correct. And on yeah. anything, so long as it's not predominantly made of plastic. Yeah, we yeah. should get Jonathan back on the podcast. That guy's awesome. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a fantastic guest and a good guy that does good charity work. I, I still haven't met him in person yet. Oh, you haven't? No, but well, I thought he was on like at a SEMA episode or something, I will right? reach out then. Uh, no, we're Facebook friends. I just haven't met well, him. Well, then I will go fuck myself. Okay. <laughs> Nick Taylor. That's aggressive. That's You went far too far the wrong direction. Nick Taylor, is it bad that I kind of like my girlfriend's 2017 Buick Encore? Pretty nice commuter for 129 month per le- one one twenty nine per month lease with Apple CarPlay. I yeah, thought he was going another way entirely when he goes, when you go, is it really bad that I like my girlfriend's dot, dot, dot? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I don't know. I haven't driven a Buick Encore, so I can't say, but... It seems like it's one twenty nine a month. That means that's they, really cheap. That's Buick must cheap. be giving that shit away. That's crazy. Um, I just feel like there's better options. Any car at one hundred and twenty nine dollars a month, though, especially a Buick. Mm. I like Buicks. I don't. They're an awesome <laughs> car. I don't mind them. I've seen a few of them around. I think they. Um, I, li- I like where Lincoln Lincoln is going better than I like where Buick is heading. Niles Rogers, what do you think of Honda discontinuing the V six Accord? Uh, I'm. I, Think it's a bummer. That thing, that thing, the V6 Accord Coupe with a stick is a wrong-wheel drive Mustang. It's it's amazing how sporty that car is. Yeah, um, I'm betting they probably didn't sell a lot of those though. Probably. And Honda is always the king of telling you what you should have rather than what you want to have. Right. Um, you know, this is a company that refuses to build a V8 and ditch their V10 and their supercar for a turbo six. 
um, it's not a surprise. That, and from a manufacturing standpoint, if they can get down to building two different four cylinders, right? So much more money in their pocket. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, we're nearing the end of our time here. Uh, Joel, thank you for flying from Australia just to be on this podcast. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, <laughs> if you, people wanted to check out your stuff online, where can they find you? So you can find me online. Um, just my website is just myname.com.au. And then you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Joel Strick Photo. Uh, that's where I'm posting mainly uh, my stuff. And yeah, um, that's. And I also have a Facebook page again at Joel Strick Photo. So. Chris, tell everybody about Shout Engine. As usual, if you decide that you have horrible things you need to, <laughs> you know, put on the internet that come out of your mouth, go to Shout Engine. We'll set you up with hosting and all that stuff. And. Uh, I have been working very diligently for the last few months on V2, which is going to be out this fall. Yep. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, Oh, and I'm selling my truck this week. We'll see you next week. All right. Oh, 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 oh,